Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. You're making, I said this, I said, you're making me feel unsafe in the school right now. And she said, if you feel unsafe, don't come near my office. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go on blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. Please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Usually this is the point in the podcast where you start hearing from your guest. However, the guest this week is me, your host, Molly Clark. <laughs> and um, I am going to tell one of my own Please Don't Tell Anyone stories. And I have Rose Kelso sitting across from me right now, who uh, I interviewed a few weeks ago. You m- may remember her from hammering her arm. <laughs> her <laughs> <wrist>. You <laughs> may remember her from, <laughs> from manically breaking her own <laughs> <fucking> bone. <laughs> But besides her her wit and ability to ask good questions, Rose was actually one of, I would say, probably the two people. Talia would be the other person mm. that witnessed this whole thing. That's um, true. So let me just preface what, what we're about to talk about. Um, I had a teacher, a professor in college who... I guess for no better word, was obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. And um, it turned from what what felt like a good obsession into something really scary by the end. And she ended up getting fired um, because of the last incident with me. Um, I'm really nervous to talk about this um, because I'm scared of her. Like to this day, I'm really, really scared um, how this ended. I mean, my last conversation with her was was the scary event that we'll get to. And then after that, like, it was my parents and lawyers and, you know, the head of Tish involved. And I think I have felt like I should be silent because this happened my junior, well, the, literally two days before junior year started of college. And so for those final two years of college, I was like, I can't talk about this. Like, I don't mm. want to get kicked out of school or have the school be upset with me. In fact, mm. I was even able to leverage it a bit to get the classes that I wanted because such a horrific thing had happened. But I I, I felt like I was never, I could never tell the story. Like, mm-hmm. it was a please don't tell anyone because the school would be mortified. And I'm yeah. scared for take for telling this for any repercussions that would come to NYU because I think that they helped I almost just said help me out so much, but did the right thing. Right, right, right. Um, But I wonder if it was out of fear, um, given that there could have been really bad press. Um, Both my parents are lawyers and addressed it right away in a very lawyer-y way. Yeah. And they got scared. And they took action right away, which is great. But was the taking action to silence me, too? I don't know. That's – that. I mean, that's a lot to carry right off the bat. Like, that's kind of sad. That's so sad to think that, like – in college you had to worry about your school's press well here's why i think that because she wasn't i wasn't the first person that this happened to right 
Right, um, right. There's an article when you Google this professor from 2008 about like how horrible she treated people. Mm-hmm. And then what I learned as she was, I guess she quit at the end of the day. She was kind of given the option of quitting or being fired. Right. Um, was that this was kind of there? There was a log being held against her, and this was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting here really debating using her name. I was just going to say, let's establish some rules. Yeah. Uh, for this, because I, I mean, if you want to keep it anonymous, I here's why I'm scared of hearing from her. I'm scared. Didn't you? I've always her? been scared oh, of retaliation yeah. from her. Right. Um, I'm wondering, let's actually talk about that. Where, where is this fear coming from? Like, why do you feel like you're still touchable by her? Well, that's a kind of just like a deep seated fear in me with anyone that I end on bad terms with. Mm -hmm. I'm just really scared of how mad they are at me. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is probably the angriest I've seen someone towards me ever. Right. Based on that final event. Um, even if I just say her first name, I'm, like, worried about that. But I guess... We can go by initial. We can go... If you want to just do that. Or we could just say she. But I'm now... Rose, I'm also sitting here and I'm like, it's this... this, uh, And I'm really sorry if, the, the, if this offends someone and if this is taken out of context. But, like, I feel like... Well, she was a predator. Like, why aren't I saying the name of the bad person? Like, why am I shielding her? That's... I think that's the issue with predators. Yeah, that's that's why. Why am I shielding her? I mean, here's the other really scary thing. After she stopped working at NYU, she gained a massive Twitter following. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, you did tell me this. Look up right now. I forgot. How many followers? <laughs> yeah, she drop has her at. Right? <laughs> no, don't drop her at. How many followers does she have? Two hundred eighty-nine point five thousand. Yeah, like that's scary to me. She's pu- it's, oh my god. She's followed like, by Public Citizen. She has more followers uh. than than I do. <laughs> period holy shit you um, have more followers on tiktok than her on twitter though so that's good yeah yeah balances it out i mean followers don't matter like what what is she gonna do i i'm changing her name because i'm too afraid honestly i'm calling this the joan story for the sake of the story her name is joan it's not joan in real life um joan i met before i went to nyu so this story starts before I met Rose. Um, I was, uh, really wanted to go to a top film school. The top two are USC and NYU Tisch. If you read the College World Report, you may know that. (laughs) Whatever that magazine or thing is. Um, I was too scared to go to USC, too scared to go to that coast yet. And so I came up and toured NYU Tisch with my mom. And Joan at the time was in charge of recruitment and advising for the Tisch Film and Television Department. And uh, so she was my tour guide. And she is Napoleon uh, physically. Right? Wouldn't you say? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. 100% I just have never thought about it like that before. She is a tiny woman. Yeah. I would say maybe. She has that complex too. Definitely not five feet. Somewhere in the four. She has, uh, she probably around this time was in her late 60s. Maybe I'm older aging her, but she looked in her late 60s. -hmm. Um, Had short white hair. Objectively, like you would look at her and be like, oh, that's a lesbian. 
but had a husband um, and a dog. And so I, I really I think I say the lesbian thing, too, because there's definitely like a lesbian tone through this story. And mm-hmm. Rose even asked me before we did this, like, do you think that, you know, she was like preying on you in that way? And I think the truth of it is maybe. And I didn't know that at the time, mm-hmm. which is complicated to think about now as me being um, gay. So she's short. She's stout. She has white hair. Had great lipstick. <laughs> yeah, you know, she, did. she was like she a did. classic, like older, mean looking woman. Yeah. But she loved me from day one. And so on this tour, she becomes like really into me and my mom. And I was wearing um, my mom's orange Hermes bracelet for this tour for whatever reason and she I remember she like looked at it or grabbed my wrist or something and was like when when I get you in like you wear that on the first day of my class and to hear that at 18 is a fucking was a dream you know I was like okay I'll wear whatever you want um and she gave us a tour and she was like basically told us her power she was like you know me now you have my email now this is the act score you need and if you can hit that i'll get you in like no questions asked no problem so what was the act score i think it was a 28 okay or maybe that's what i got and it was higher and she just got me i don't know i actually don't remember my act score um i think i got a 29 flex flex what'd you get 30 fucking 25 really dude i was bad at that but Maybe I didn't get 29. Okay. Re- regardless. So I, I get in to Tish and I'm over the moon. And we are like thinking at this point, Joan's a godsend. Mm. And I show up um, freshman year and, you know, she has put me in her class. There was this class called Sound Image that all freshmen needed to take. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like, it felt like home, like in this scary city, scary new environment. I was having a little slice of home, someone to protect me who mm-hmm. wanted me there. And so I show up to class the first day and that's when I meet Rose because she was in that class. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we sat right next to each other. We sat right next to each so other. So cute. And Rose was my first friend, like, in a class at NYU. (laughs) Um, But I remember in that first class, she came in, and she came over, and I was wearing the bracelet, and she said, like, you're wearing it, like, good. Um, Wow, my God. I'm going to tell my experience with Joan, um, but I think it's important at this point for you, Rose, to tell yours a little bit because it is so vastly different than <laughs> yeah, mine. That's really interesting. That I, I was so loved by this woman from day one, and then it turned so bad, and right. you were pretty much hated by her from I day one. I was hated by her from day one. I actually forgot about, or actually, I don't think I knew this story about you meeting her on the tour because I also <laughs> met Joan on the tour. Um, <laughs> it's so completely different. So I remember it was at the, <laughs> it must've been, a, I think it was a Wednesday. It was like during the school week. Mm-hmm. And like, I wanted to go to Tish so bad too. Also kind of felt like, okay, USC is like, I, I think I, I felt that USC was one, a harder school to mm-hmm. get into. And two, I was like, should I go to LA or mm-hmm. like, I could do it in New York and like, I'm, I know my people and my yeah, place yeah, yeah. and everything. So my dad and I go to Tish and we're the only people that day. And Joan walks out and I was like, holy shit, I'm going to get to know this woman very yeah. well. And she seems so important. She not a smile on her mm-hmm. fucking face. She's like, you're here for the tour. 
And I was like, yes, yes, I am. And I'm just thinking that this is like how New York people are. Mm -hmm. And the first thing she says is, what's your SAT score? Mm -hmm. And my dad is like, oh, well, she's retaking it, but she's, she's, (laughs) I was like, dad, shut the fuck up. And he was just like, she's retaking it, but like, she's going to do good. She's going to do good. And Joan looks at me and says, if your score isn't at least a 2000, don't even think about applying. And my score was not a 2000. And I had retaken it for like the third time. And it was an 1800. And I just knew, I was like, there's no fucking way I can get. And you know, ultimately, I never got a 2000. And you got in. And I got in. And then when I came to film school, everyone I talked to, like, did not get that score. Because we're a bunch of fucking film (laughs) students. Everyone was like, I can't do math. Like, you know. Were you put in her class or did you select? I you must have selected. Yeah. Why but did I, you but pick her? I don't think I thought about it. Okay. I was just like, I, or maybe it was registration time or yeah. something. I was more nervous about like, oh, I know I need this class and this, yeah. that, that. So I, I didn't pick it on purpose. I remember, I don't think I knew that I had her either. Mm-hmm. Because on that day, I remember she walked in and I was like, oh my God, like this is, this woman hates me. Or, <laughs> or I don't know, maybe I thought that I could impress her that I got in. Yeah. It was just so vastly different if you were liked or not liked by her. Like it was, it was so, so obvious, and it, and that was terrible because, I mean, we were eighteen, we were freshmen in college in New York City, knowing that we were going into this industry that's like all about if you're mm-hmm. liked or not. And even aside from the industry aspect of it, it's also like you're in your first kind of environment mm-hmm. where you're judged as an individual. Mm-hmm. Before we started this, we were talking about like how what would go down then and would this was 2015 Mm -hmm. if it happened now like would never have flown and the like we're not that far away from 2015 but like the example me and you were thinking of was there was a white student in our class like a very like broy sweet nice Mm -hmm. white boy which is usually (laughs) not the description of a (laughs) sweet boy um and she kept calling him the n-word with a w in front of it yeah very loud very publicly because he rapped right and there was a black girl in the class there was only one black girl in the class and it was so uncomfortable it was so uncomfortable i I had never even heard that word before yeah me neither neither. i had heard the one without the w but i hadn't heard it with the w and i was very confused yeah and by that i think by the time she had started dropping that word we were like pretty deep into the semester So it's like people knew if they mm-hmm. were a favorite or not. And it was kind of like no one wanted to like she had complete control yeah. over that class. She was always so mean to the one black student, too. Yes. Yeah, she was. And that black student actually stopped showing up to class. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. That's that's true. She did. She did. That's very sad. So she made it very clear from day one she didn't like Rose. And I remember seeing it all the time and wondering like, OK, why is she so mean to this girl and so nice to me? Mm-hmm. And there was that that's one really incident where you came to class late because you were hit by a bike you were hit by a bike walking to class right and you like came like disheveled yeah like i was hit by a bike and she just showed no empathy she was like sit down yeah she's like okay you're late um all right so let me take you on this journey freshman year i would say the first event um besides the hermes bracelet is freshman year you have to complete a certain number of hours on a older student set Mm mm-hmm there was her TA was this really wonderful boy. Um, 
who she was also obsessed with. And he was shooting his final film, and she gave her house and the Poconos to him to shoot for a location. And I still needed a film to go be on, and she uh, she was also my advisor. And she made it, like, a really big deal to me that I got to go on this set. This was going to be the set of the year. This was a spectacular senior. And he was a great kid, but, like, everything that she did for me was, like, a, 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 a gift I was getting. Mm. So... I go um, out to the Poconos for this set. And before I go, she says, um, you're staying in my special room. Like, I have an art studio. Like, she was very into art. I mean, obviously. But, like, she did a lot of, like, hand hand artwork. Like, I don't know, signs and shit. And... Uh, and the it was crazy bad. thing it was about bad. the signs is that they were like love, laugh, <laughs> like strength, like yeah, kindness. She preached kindness all the time, all the time. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I go. <laughs> so she says you're gonna get to stay in my art studio and like how special Yo. that is. And she says there is a door in there. Don't open it. Like very. Come on. Blankly. Do you not know this right? No. Okay. Did so you open it. Yes, obviously. <laughs> So I go, we're in the Poconos, I'm in the art studio on Ooh. the futon, mm. and um, yeah, I mean, this fucking door is straight in front of me, and as someone who I was already having sleep anxiety, I'm like, I'm not going to go to sleep without knowing what's behind this door when someone says, yeah. don't open the door. Right. So I open the door, and it's, essentially what it is is a meditation room, I think, is this white, completely white room, white floors, white walls, white everything. Uh, looked like you know poofs on the ground probably for meditation and then a picture of like you. what I <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what sorry. I assume is like a sh- a shaman yeah <laughs> I don't know that's if that's a, the right term but like right. a picture of a man mm-hmm. and that was it and I was just like why was I told not to go into this room so so that was a weird thing um she showed up to set which was also a little weird and took a lot of pictures um posted them on Instagram oh the other thing like, the boy who said it was, she made it clear to me that she had a select group of kids who became, quote-unquote, her kids. This is a woman who didn't have children herself, mm-hmm. never adopted, never had her own children. And these children that she selected were her children. And very <laughs> early on, she was like, if, if essentially, like, if you're good and if I like you long enough, you're, you will hit, like, this coveted position. Jesus and this coveted Christ. position was this guy, I never met him, um, who to her became her child. Right, I remember this guy. He has parents. Bro. He has parents that are actively in his life, I learned. <laughs> and I was so conf- I was like, oh, it's one thing, you know, if like someone doesn't have parents and you kind of like step into that world. No, he has parents. Right. right. And this is fully, fully her child. If you go on her Twitter, like I think the pinned post Uh-oh. is like, Let's can see. you read it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah it would be an honor truly okay she writes someone could look up this tweet i don't well, okay does, well what just does it say my child last night my kid yeah okay then we'll just stop there last night my kid she doesn't have a kid and i understand like a, like emotionally adopting children this kid has parent i don't know it's just weird on a public platform to me to refer to it yeah so so this this level <laughs> Was like the holy mecca. It was like, I wanted, well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to be at that level. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was also, you have to understand, the person I was at the time was so actively seeking adult validation. I mm-hmm. did it all through high school. 
I was really close with teachers. I was really close with the dean of students. I, I mean, I was a massive snitch. Like, <laughs> like, but to be the child, the chosen child, the child in of college Joan. Yeah. of Joan, Please. this was the creme de la creme yeah. of people pleasing. Oui, oui. So, um, but also again, like I feel like a, a big layer to that too is like we all went to film school. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the like, connections. Yeah, that we were they like, offer. and yeah. she was a professor at NYU. So yeah. you, you think that these professors are going to mean something in your career? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> the amount of sucking up I feel like we both did. I know. Thinking that they were going like, to aid our careers. Like, why would I? So that was always coveted, and so this kid said that I was. He was like on track to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so I wanted to be him, and so I, um, the people that she would choose as her like children in training, <laughs> she would follow all of us on Instagram. So I was one right. of them. Talia was one of them. Talia was one of me and Rose's close friends. Um, and was Rose's roommate in college. That was right. Talia was in her other semester. Yes, Talia okay. was in her other semester. That's right. This kid who said I was on. And um, yeah, so we follow, followed each other on Instagram. And, and I say that now because that's going to come back later. So freshman year goes by. Sophomore year starts. She is my advisor again. And she's also Talia's advisor. I hope Talia's okay with me saying all this. I think she'd be fine with it. Yeah. Um, and we would go hang out in her office. Like, I would go hang out in her office all the time. It was, like, a safe space for me. Mm. Weirdly looking back now. Like, um, she had candy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> her office was a big white van. <laughs> she parked on the side of the school. Crazy. She was so smart. She's always on the move. No mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, I forgot something from freshman year. The other big thing from freshman year is... It must have been second semester. No, no, it was during our semester. She invited me over to dinner at her apartment yeah. in Battery Park. Right. And I remember feeling a little weird going, but also like, wow, now I'm really on track to be the kid. The Holy child, shit, I'm yeah. Joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Fagan's <laughs> child, yeah. And I show up to her apartment, and it's in Battery Park, and um, her husband wasn't there. And I remember that being weird. Wow. And I, then one of the first things she said to me was like, don't tell the other kids that I invited you here but to me I heard that as like you're chosen not like I'm a predator yeah um and or like she didn't want it to look like she was picking favorites even though I'm pretty sure it was clear she showed it yeah um like my projects weren't that good (laughs) but anyway alas so that night in her apartment um the first weird thing was she was cooking dinner and I was on my phone because I remember I was uncomfortable. And she was like, put your phone away. Like, I want you being present with me. Oh, my God. And then she took me out to her balcony. And she has a view of, like, wherever the Coca-Cola sign would be. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe that's my grandma's view. No, no, no. I remember. Yeah. She she also oh, at yeah, one point had the whole yeah, yeah, class yeah. over. Okay. But this was before um, that. And yeah. just, like, me and her on the balcony, she was like, this is a million-dollar view. This is what a million dollars will get you. <laughs> bro she's like you need a sugar mama or what <laughs> that's terrible and we just kind of like never talked about it again nothing nothing weirder happened that night like nothing was strange all of this whole story is pretty you know uh subtle until the very end so then uh so sophomore year she's my advisor she's Talia's advisor which means you know she helps us pick classes and I was always really fucked with picking classes because I didn't have any APs I didn't have any and that's how it went like if you had AP credits and stuff you would select first so I always just got like the shittiest teachers shittiest time slots so you know she she helped us pick the slim pickings that were left but like Mm -hmm. 
I don't even know why I'm justifying this because I, um, I feel like I'm going to have to later. But, like, that was her job as our mm-hmm. advisor. Anyway, we'd hang out in our office. Um, and I would, there would be times, like, I remember this time she picked up the phone in her office and just, like, screamed someone out. And I thought it, like, had to be a joke. And then she hung up and was, like, totally normal. Like, you fucking never call me again. Hang up. And then was like, so, how was your weekend? Oh, my lord. And so I saw it happen to other people. And it was one of those, like, oh, that'll never happen to me. And if there's (laughs) one thing I've really learned from this story is, like, if you see someone acting a certain way to someone else, there's no reason that one day it can't be you on the other side of that. And Mm -hmm. that's terrifying. Sophomore year. I gotta think about this. Okay, because now I'm gonna, like, lead you into events that will lead to the big thing. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year, there is a site, a uh, site, there is a class called Sight and Sound Film. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a big deal when you're a sophomore. And right. you uh, are in groups of four where you make 20 films all together, four films each that you direct. Yeah. And it's important who your teacher is and it's important who your crew is. And people kind of start, like, selecting their crews ahead of time. So... Tali and I both get, like, completely fucked over for the teacher slot. And we end up, like, with this, like, the worst teacher. (laughs) And we're both really upset about it. We're put in this class. And our – this is a whole other story in itself. But our friend – I'll call him Jack. Our friend Jack – uh was in the class and we had planned that we were going to be in a crew together and there mm-hmm. there was an odd number in the class and so we had to be um there was going to be an odd crew and we felt like okay like we're we're cool with jack like we're a strong group like whatever mm-hmm. um i don't even know if this part's worth telling but long story short jack ends up dropping talia and i and mm-hmm. basically saying this line of like hey like i've really practiced directing over the summer and i really want to be in oh, like God. a strong crew that where i can work on my cinematography and dping and directing and like you guys don't even know how to use the camera i mean it was such Yikes. a slap in the face on so many levels so he had this premeditated plan switched crews meaning someone was kicked out of another crew and so we get this girl who you know what bless her heart like was so nice <laughs> not bless her heart Uh, she hit him with the bless her heart (laughs) (laughs) no well it's just like at the end of the day she was so nice and truly like i probably wasn't that nice to her because sometimes i'm not nice but um (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good line (laughs) she was very nice she spoke english not perfectly though Mm -hmm. she's fine she was a foreign exchange student from um singapore had no film experience, had no freshman year experience at Tisch. Um, so so was we were really working with like a blank canvas with this person. And mm-hmm. on top of that, we were going to be the group of three. So it could have been her. It could have been anyone else. But Talia and I like really were like, what the hell? Like mm-hmm. this guy just left us because we're women who don't know how to use a camera that we haven't even learned in class how to use yet yeah and now we're thrown in this weird situation like where we have to teach someone and we don't have a fourth like it was all this happening at once so what do you do you go to your advisor so we uh i guess i'll just speak for myself but we go to i go to the advisor and um joan's away that weekend and we had been told um that there was like one spot in another class and if we like acted fast we could get into that and all of this stuff so she's away so she calls us i don't know where she was i mean i later do because it's used against me but she calls us and i remember sitting in your dorm room Mm -hmm. on a bed with talia talking to her and she's like okay here's what you guys have to do here's you know how we're able to amend the schedule you have to meet with this teacher like if you can pull it off like i can get you into this class 
I also want to say to the guy, to Jack out there, we, I mean, he, he may know this and I'm still waiting on an apology for you, from you. Um, we were given the opportunity by Joan to switch to like the best teacher's class before any of this happened. There were like two slots and she was, she was going to get us in. Um, and we turned it down because we didn't want to fuck Jack over, but that's a little Jack full circle. Damn, life is cruel. Anyway, men suck. I feel like this is really boring. No, 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 no. You you gotta give the backstory to lead. Okay. In. So she helps us switch classes. Great. I didn't really think twice about it because she was our advisor. And then um, that was that situation. I'm telling you, there's like three events because they play into what you're gonna hear in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, we're getting into spring, and I really, really wanted to intern at a talk show that spring, mm-hmm. and I really wanted James Corden, and I. I interview uh, my interview went really bad, um, but I thought I had a really good chance because like the intern guy was like, "You have a really good chance." <laughs> was, like looking back, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> um, so I remember I was in her office when I got the rejection email from James Corden, mm-hmm. and I, I obviously I was devastated because at the time I think for both of us we would have just been like, "Well, fuck I'm me, screwed. I'm screwed. Yeah. Like my career is over." over. <laughs> Um, and so I, I, I must have cried. I cried, right? As I think anyone would and, or maybe not, but anyone who was like me would. And I was really upset. And she must have said something. I genuinely forget this, but again, this will make more sense in a minute. She must have said something like, oh, you know, I know this was right when, maybe this was like a year and a half after Lemonade came out, Beyonce's Lemonade. So Mm -hmm. like that, that was really like cool Mm -hmm. and still is very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Sorry, sorry, babe. Sorry, sorry, Beyonce. I know that you listen. Um, (laughs) She was like, I know Joan. I'm in her office. And she's like, I know someone at Beyonce's production company. Like, I can get you an internship there. Uh, Like, Beyonce, if you're listening, like, I... I wouldn't have been the right fit for your production company. I don't. I didn't want to intern there. Like, I, it's nothing against you. It's nothing against the work that you make. It's just like I really wanted. A, I'm so sorry. A comedy. <laughs> yeah, I know that you wanted me. I really wanted a comedy talk show. Okay. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> she's a single tear. She's like, I always thought Molly liked me. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> I'm sweating. So Joan must have said something like that. And I'm pretty sure I said like, oh, I'll let you know. Like I have some other stuff on the burner because I did, which mm-hmm. I ended up going with. Um, now now we, we get to the juicy stuff. So I end up going with, the, again, this is a whole other story, but I end up going to LA for the summer to work for Amber Rose on a talk show that failed. But I, <laughs> I had this great opportunity. And um, I when I found out that I was going to do that and I was going to get paid to do that, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this is sick. And I remember... I was on a city bike and Joan just like happened to bike by like somewhere we were near like Broadway and like 13th and I was like Joan oh my god like I'm leaving for the summer like guess what I got an internship like I'm I'm going to LA like this was like my dream at that time right and she said she looked at me and deadpanned me and said I just got a hundred thousand retweets on Twitter and then biked away (laughs) (laughs) So she says that thing to me. So she says that on the uh, on the street to me. And I remember that was probably the first red flag. Well, there were a lot of red flags. That was pro- that was the first red flag that s- our relationship had shifted and that mm-hmm. maybe she wasn't happy with me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that at that time. Mm-hmm. But looking back, it definitely was. 
Oh, something else to note would be that uh, by the end of the year when that senior made his film, who she was like obsessed with, I watched it with her in her office and she ripped him apart about how bad it was and how, you know, yeah, just like without him there, just like basically like, what is this? I remember her. So I think they had a shift. Probably. Do you remember her shit list? Like well, that's I wasn't even. At, oh, I. This is like a perspective from like me not because like after freshman year I pieced out. Mm-hmm. By the end of that semester, I was like, no way. Like there is something wrong with this woman. Okay, and wait. I let me set you up run. better for this because I think we should introduce the shit list earlier. Yeah. So I forget. How did you end up stopping your relationship with her? You just didn't. At the, I remember the last. I remember I was just noticing that nothing I did. Mm-hmm. was pleasing her and she was just getting meaner and meaner and saying shitty things to me and I felt like she was saying shitty things about me and that was kind of when our relationship was starting to get affected because I was definitely I was like so excited to be your friend and then I was quickly resenting you yeah because I was just fair. like oh my god like what what, what does she have that I don't that I'm not, really yeah I'm like nothing. why 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 what do, what do I have to do like yeah. it was such like a complex and um and then I think the last day of class, mm-hmm. she was like, everyone give me your Snapchats. And all these kids ran up to her and I kind of stood around there mm-hmm. and she like looked away and I was like, okay, that's all I needed. That's how it worked. <laughs> that's how it worked with Joan. Um, and I feel like you keep doubting yourself as you're telling the story yeah. because there is so much subtlety. Yeah. But that's what makes it so scary. It feels like yeah. one of those fucking thriller movies where you're like, well, there's nothing to really be afraid of yet, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of stuff that's building up. Yeah. It's like and when you just, you're right. if I took your story and mm-hmm. I took all the highlight points and put it in like a psychology textbook, mm-hmm. it would so clearly be a chapter on grooming mm-hmm. or predatory behavior. Yeah. Everything she did. Like you, you are wow. in a grooming yeah, situation. Never- no fucking doubt. And it's it's lucky that it didn't get sexual or anything yeah. like but it also sucks that in a way it kind of feels like oh that's what would have justified this being such a terrible story yeah. in your mind I'm saying yeah. not to speak to you all no, no, for no, no, you no, no, also no. but like I think I get like kind of get yeah the complex but it sounds bad did she use the term shitless with you though yes but not that I was on it I just remember in class one day she was like these kids are on my shit list and then yeah. gave it names of kids who yeah, were still so in school. We'll introduce the shit list now because obviously it's going to come back later. Um, I rem- I had an experience like that. There was a boy um, who she was was also one of her, uh, I guess this was another like red flag early on there, one of her other like kids in training, like another kid who felt like he was perfect in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, oh, I'm, I'll be like him because he was a year older than yeah. me. There was a turn there, too, because she, she at one point was like, he's on my shit list. Yeah. And I remember, like, going to tell him, like, hey, you're on her shit list. Like, you should get off. Like, as though. <laughs> you should get off. You, yeah, you, uh, what have you done? Like, fix this. Oh, my God. Um, So I guess That's that term sad. was thrown around, and now you're going to hear it again. So so I go to L.A. for the summer. Have a great time. I come back. I'm, I'm with my family on vacation after that. So this is, like, mid-August. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I haven't heard from Joan. And objectively, that should be fine. But <sighs> and all these past years, I hear from Joan, like even like through the summer, and yeah. like or just I don't know. It was just like how she was. I also hadn't seen her Instagram post. She was very active on social media. Like maybe I'll just go look at her Instagram because I haven't seen anything. I search her on Instagram, and mm-hmm. no account comes up. And 
then I go on my Finsta and I search her and her account comes up. So I was like, oh my God, she blocked me. And I remember going back to my family at dinner and being like, she blocked me. And then, you know, as as parents being like, well, that was probably a mistake, you know, like, oh, can you just click the buttons wrong or whatever? And so for for that like week on vacation, I was like, okay, like I'm not gonna text her. Like I'll just I'll check in before school starts. You know what? It's it's she could have easily just clicked like block confirm confirm. Like <laughs> it's an easy easy slip of the finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I get back to New York, and I remember I had therapy at I think like two that day, and I was like, okay, that just in case in the off chance something's happened I have therapy as a buffer here mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to Tish I'm gonna go ch- like say hi to her like she's you know setting up or whatever and I walk into her office and I said hi Joan and she said get the hell out of my office oh I didn't know that and I said what <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and she said get out of my office you used and abused me Mal." And now I'm like shaking. Yeah. Used and abused. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did I do? I must have done something. And I sat down because I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to figure this out. She, I remember she also said like, she just kept saying get out. But then she was also like, I can't even look at you. Um, It was all of these things that were as though I had committed a crime. And then she started raising her voice and then I got scared and, you know, it was kind of just like one of those like leave. I have it written down like the whole incident, but um, we're a few years out now, but these are the highlights. So I leave her office and I'm crying. I'm like, uh, I remember I was like, please, please, Joan, tell me what I've done. Like, please tell me. I have no idea what I've done wrong. Can you please just tell me? And she said, no, like, I, I can't even look at you. So I go to the elevator I was wearing, she was wearing all white that day, which felt very angelic and all fucked up oh way. My God, and I was at the elevator and she, she came over to the elevator <laughs> for whatever reason. And at this point I had kind of gotten my thoughts together and I had like built up this like therapy courage and I was like, I'll use my therapy slang. So I turned to her and I said, Joan, we have a relationship. Please be relational with me. And she said, we don't have a relationship anymore. Oh, my God. And then I said, you're making, I said this, I said, you're making me feel unsafe in the school right now. And she said, if you feel unsafe, don't come near my office. And so I leave hysterical. Yeah. Hysterical. I must have murdered someone. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember I was walking, I call my mom, I'm sobbing. My mom's like, what the hell? Joan? What the hell, Joan? Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to call her. So my mom calls her. Oh, no. And uh, Joan picks up, you know, hello, Joan. <laughs> and uh, my mom said, hi, Joan, this is this is Stacy. Uh, and she said, I, I'm not talking to you either. Hangs up on my mom. So whoa. now we're both like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, I was, you know, it's so funny. I'm looking at the screenshots and... I, we just took a break so I could get, pull up these screenshots that, well, are what sealed this deal. Um, <laughs> and the green lines there to show that, like, I was on a call. So this was 12.56 p.m. So this timeline adds up. I was I remember I was on a conference call with my parents, and both all of us being like, what the hell? And me mm. being like, I, I, I can't go back to school tomorrow. Like, tomorrow was the first day of school. I was like, I can't go back. I, I'm, I'm so terrified of this woman now. And then she sent us what I would say is a gift. Um, 
we all receive an email with the subject line. <laughs> you and your two lawyer yes. parents. Right? Yes, with the subject line, Jones shit list. <laughs> this is from her NYU email account. <laughs> NYU.edu, Jones shit list. I will now read you the email. You remain on my list because you have three strikes against you. One, I helped you on my weekend in Florida visiting my mother. Helped you get into the sight and sound class you wanted. You did not show me one film you made. I feel used by you. Um, no one would have wanted to see the films that we made. Those films are horrible. Yeah. They're they're in black and white, no sound. They're they're like little projects. You I like. I feel like I have to justify this. You can't. You you were a kid. Did, did you show your advisor your films? No, no. Only if you were proud. Of I had that. a different advisor every fucking semester anyway. Yeah, and it like, wasn't a norm. I didn't show my parents. Yeah, yeah. It like and they paid for school. This would be like like I'm trying to equate it to another school it would be like you didn't show me every essay you wrote this semester yeah like why what, would you show your advisor that you would expect her to ask too yeah be like never oh, i want to see what you made you yeah, know never ask you also don't want to feel like you're burdening someone anyway mm-hmm. but go so on. i'm like okay that's strike one two and three are gonna be really crazy <laughs> crazy two when you were crying in my office about your internship <laughs> issues i offered to connect you with beyonce's production company Sorry, B. You said you would let me know, quote, Friday, quote. You never did. I gave the opportunity to someone who really wanted it. In fact, I never heard another word from you. That isn't how I have relationships with anyone. Continuity counts. She loves that. She, she's great at Twitter. Yeah, it makes sense she, why she has so many followers yeah, on Twitter, yeah. honestly. She found... I like to think that I really sparked her career on Twitter. Because I actually wonder if she made that into a sign. How much you want to bet she has a sign that says continuity, continuity counts. counts. <laughs> Period. Um, so, yeah, you guys know the backstory to that. You can take away what you want um, <laughs> as to whether I really fucked her over there. Okay. Three. Now I'm like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Number three. This is it. Three. The entire summer went by without a word from you. While your pal Talia was in contact, period. So I am done with you. When you need something here, ask Brian. It's I, uh, Brian's yeah. another professor who yeah. all of us were close with. Oh, and then it's signed, her signature, and then says her name, Joan, last name, recruitment and advisement, NYU dish, like the whole nine yards. Um, so that's when the wheels started turning because she gave us this bizarre written thing. And my dad then emailed the head of Tish, the mm-hmm. no, 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 the dean of film and television um, at the time and said, and who we had a relationship with right. um, and who my parents had met before and said, I forget what his name was. And was like, hey, um, so me and my wife received, and Molly received this email today from Joan. What do you have to say about it? Well, because first of all, this, it broke some sort of code. Like when you're over 18 and you're in college, like your professor can't CC your parents. So uh, that was just like one issue in itself right. that I don't think she was thinking. <laughs> um, but then my dad signed that email like... Oh, no, he wrote more in that email. He was like, Molly is terrified. She doesn't want to go to school. Um, like, basically, please act on this. Signed, Peter Clark Esquire, mm-hmm. which, like, I think would make anyone really shit, shit their pants. Yeah. Um, 
And then, like, things started moving pretty fast. I remember I was so scared. I was like, I have to go home. I got on the train to go back to Philly, and that dean that he had emailed called me right away and, like, was like, I saw this. I'm so sorry. We're figuring it. Like, we, you know, we'll let you know. He was pretty, like, stri- like not super condoling or whatever the right word mm-hmm. is there because seemed like a lot of stuff was in the air he couldn't really say much and my big ask was like is she gonna be there tomorrow like is she gonna be at school i'm not coming to school if she's there oh my god and um then it went even higher the like dean of nyu was involved and then it went even higher it was like the the law the the lawyer board of new york university like it had to go there and then I would say like 48 hours later, my dad got a call from the initial dean and he said, um, Joan, we spoke with Joan today. Um, she has decided to retire um, and she, you know, she won't be working at NYU anymore. She had been working there for 30 plus years, for maybe 40. I remember like, I don't know what qualifies as tenure, but like. It wasn't easy to get her fired or gone right. because someone else had tried, like what I referred to earlier in the story. Um, and the last tidbit of this story is one of her other mini children, um, <laughs> mini children went to go see her, The went to go to her classroom like when, when school started and couldn't mm-hmm. find her. And I was friendly with him. And he like texted her and was like hey joan like where are you like coming to say hi and she wrote back to him ask molly oh and that's it that's literally the last i i stalked her for a while online and i um she did one post around that time that was like i got really well the day that she retired she was you know it was like i got really bad news today like whatever and then she she really refocused her energy into like an anti-trump twitter account which like great like i'm gotta put it somewhere yeah Yeah. yeah. but like that's it i've i've always thought like am i gonna get a letter in the mail is something gonna happen and it never did and then as i started telling people the story that's when it kind of people were like do you feel like she had feelings for you and at first i was like no 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 and now i just i don't know this was a time where I didn't know what my sexuality was. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know that I was interested in... I was figuring that out during all of this. Mm-hmm. And so, if that was true, which I don't know if it is true, that makes it even more fucked up that, like, she would have seen that in me mm-hmm. happening and maybe, like, felt like she could... I don't know. It is, the Sexual stuff never felt like a part of it, but it everyone seems to ask that question when they hear the story. So, it must be an underlying tone. It definitely is. I yeah, mean that the that grooming kind of thing. Grooming but that, is crazy. It's like, well, what was she grooming me for? Uh, well, she wanted to control you. I don't know which. I don't know if groomers always have an intention, and like maybe anything sexual mm-hmm. was like out of the question for her, or something, or like maybe that was like such a delineation point where it's like clearly something would be wrong mm-hmm. if she did that but like who the fuck knows yeah she wanted kids for some reason yeah, she wanted she to like, control kids. her little and i think she probably wanted kids in the way that like a, a horse breeder wants like a successful racehorse kind of thing she was yeah. probably waging her bets that one of you was gonna be famous 
And Maybe, but then, like, the guy who she picked as her kid, like, isn't mm-hmm. famous. And I think it's more she wanted to That's also take true. the role of a mother to someone. Maybe. I don't. But it's interesting. You see that the story shifts when you made a choice, choice. on your own. Yeah. And went outside of what she wanted to give you. Yeah. That's wild. I don't know what her psychology is. It is such a weird fucking psych. Um. Anyway, so that's the Joan story. Literally, fuck her. Fuck Joan. Fuck Joan. Good luck um, taking down Trump. I, I wish you the best. I wish you a hundred thousand more Twitter followers and retweets. <laughs> Go off, girly. Um. Um. Well, I usually end mine by asking people what their favorite restaurant is. So I guess you could ask me that. All right, Molly Clark. Um, thank you for coming. To <laughs> Please don't tell anyone. Podcast. Um, what is your favorite restaurant in New York City? I was not prepared for this question. <laughs> um, I would say I don't go there often, but it's uh, I did in college actually. If I really am like, oh, I want to go have like my favorite meal, I go to Lartuzzi. Lartuzzi. And uh, they have a really great bolognese. Mm. And really good like crispy potatoes and crispy Brussels sprouts. And they always bring like an extra dish for free. Aww. And that feels really nice. And where where did you say it is? Where's Artuzzi? I don't think I did say. Thank you for saying that. Uh it's off of Bleaker. I wanna say it's on West Tenth. Um it's okay. right across from the police station in the West Village. Yeah. You know what's funny? I do know that about you that you like like potatoes and Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. as a side. That was always your rosemary order. Yeah, I did. I oh my god, I went to Rosemary the Town that year. Yeah. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it, so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said, and just please don't tell anyone.